1: Welcome to the Love of the Star Podcast. I am Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, as we record this podcast, we are uh, like 11 days away from the Cowboys season opener against the New York Giants. Uh, They have cut down their roster. They did it on Tuesday. The only reason why we didn't record a podcast on Tuesday night is because, well, you got to see what happens with waivers. You got to see what happens with the practice squad, what procedural moves come through, um, and, you know, who ends up going on IR, who ends up being brought back. Lots of little handshake deals. So uh, now that the dust has settled a little bit, I'll just quickly recap a couple of the, the big highlights and then... Uh, we'll get into some of the particulars of this. Probably the most significant move that occurred, Kelvin Joseph was not released, but he was traded to the Miami Dolphins uh, for former first-round pick Noah Igbenogany. That one's going to just trip me up forever, but it's Igbenogany, Iggy. Brian. Yeah, Iggy. there you go, Iggy. Uh, Noah Igbenogany was traded for, who has been a honestly just a bust in Miami these first three years. Hasn't been very good at all. He, he apparently had practiced well during training camp, Um, But the Dolphins were ready to move on. Cowboys were ready to move on from Calvin Joseph, so they made that deal. Uh, Jabril Cox was released. He did not make it to the Cowboys' practice squad. He wasn't claimed off waivers, but he chose to sign with Washington's practice squad. Um, Other than that, they keep six receivers. Jalen Brooks does make this roster. Hunter Lipke gets onto the roster as well as the fourth running back. I think that happened last Saturday. I think the Raiders game pushed him onto the roster. I don't know that he was on it before. Um, Josh Ball goes on the season-ending IR. They did not keep him on the roster for a day and then transition him over, so he's just on season-ending IR. Um, but those are some of the, the bigger highlights, I guess, from the roster news. Any thoughts on those storylines right there, Brian, or is there anything else you'd like to kick off with here, any takeaways about the roster?
0: I think you're right about Hunter Lipke and what he was able to do at uh, that last game. Um, it was kind of interesting because the more you talk to people within the organization, it there's so much love for Sean McEwen there. And I just felt like it was, they're gonna keep four tight ends. They're gonna keep four tight ends. Never heard, you know, it, it was gonna keep four tight ends, you know, if John Stevens doesn't get hurt. And that plan quickly faded away once he got hurt but then now it came down to Hunter Lipke or really Sean McEwen and I wonder if Lunda Wells lost that battle in the personal room I wonder if when they started to talk about Hunter Lipke and did he have such a good game on Saturday that it just forced the Cowboys hand because I just don't feel like that Hunter Lipke was it was was all that leading into the Raider game. The fact that they the fact that they featured him the way they did, I think helped him get this opportunity to show what he can do. He's not a traditional fullback, he's really a one back runner. And I wonder if that's the case, if that's going to be that he is going to be a special teams guy potentially but then also a guy that comes in on short yardage. He's just a short yardage. Because he's not like, you know, people are saying, well, Mike McCarthy's played with fullbacks before, and this guy's not like John Kuhn or any of the guys he's had in the past that goes in there and digs linebackers out in space and all that. And, you know, and so I, I just it, – it, I, I wonder if John Stevens was, was still healthy, would Hunter Lipke be on this, be on this roster? Because, man, I mean, it's – and not that Sean McEwen was not good. I thought he had some – you know, I thought he had some some games uh, where he was okay. There was some times where he wasn't great. But, man, that, that was uh, – I honestly didn't have Hunter Lipke on this 53-man roster at the end of it. But I could surely respect what, you know, what he did. Uh, you know, Isaiah Land was a guy that I had on the 53. So that's kind of where I was, you know, there was a couple of those guys I had on and I asked somebody in the organization about speaking of Isaiah Lamb and I, and I go, well, man, I had him on the 53 and they go, we have plenty of edge rushers. Don't worry about it. We have plenty of edges. So, you know, that's sometimes you think that, you know, sometimes you outsmart yourself a little bit when it comes to this roster.
1: It happens. Um, but Land was a guy that I know they they did like. I, I mean, they had some competition for signing him um, as an undrafted free agent out of Florida A&M. They they stepped up to the table and, and made the deal to, to get him here. And he had had a good camp and he had shown some flexibility to do some different things for them. So I was right there with you. I was a little surprised by it, but totally understand the thought process there. I'm going to run through the roster really quickly here. Uh, the quarterback group there was three of them: uh, Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, Trey Lance. Running backs four: Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle, Deuce Vaughn, Hunter Lipke. Uh, the wide receivers: Ceedee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, Kavante Turpin, and then Jalen Brooks, who we mentioned there. Uh, I'll just stop down for a brief sec. Surprised that uh, Jalen Brooks ended up on the roster as well.
0: I am a little bit, yeah, I, I am, and, and I, you know, I was, I was kind of thinking, okay, they're going to carry five initially and then i said you know what no this team never carries five wide receivers i'm sure there's a time we could go back and they but it always seems like that they have that one guy every camp that they fall in love with you know that makes plays early in the camp kind of kind of tapers off a little bit then comes back so you know and they, and this is a team obviously did they they didn't release any of their draft picks did they when you look at no. when you that so
1: they released plenty from the twenty-one class this yeah, year. Yeah, that's but. what they
0: said. They they took the Tom Landry theory here and said, "Okay, if you haven't figured this out by your uh, you know year three, then we're going to move on from it." And matter of fact, I didn't see this. Did they bring back Simi Fajoko on the practice squad? I haven't seen.
1: Um, they did not. It does see, not appear. I'm wondering. No, I think they
0: got us. a couple spots left. So yeah, it was it was a rough day for that uh, that class of twenty-one for sure.
1: Yeah, and we'll we'll dive into those specifics about the twenty one class because that is something I want to talk about. We'll we'll dive into those specifics a little bit more uh, here later. But running through the rest of the offense or uh, the rest of the roster, tight ends. Like we said, there were three: Ferguson, Hendershot, Schoonmaker. Really quick, was that anything you were surprised of that they ultimately opted for Ferguson or, or that they opted for Hendershot over McEwen? I know we talked about how. It got tight, but nah. I, I thought I thought throughout training camp I thought McEwen was actually better than Hendershot. But the I upside of Hendershot yeah. is the thing.
0: I thought there were some struggles with Hendershot and you know, maybe there was a possibility that how much they love McEwen that you felt like that if John Stevens, as we mentioned, kept playing the way he did, then they were going to have to make a decision. But I don't think it ever I know the media I know you and I talked about the potential of Hendershot not being there. But I, at the end of the day, they, they like him more than, say, the, the fans do. And, you know, maybe people in the media, they were talking about it.
1: Uh, by the way, it appears uh, Simi Fajoko landed with the Steelers practice squad. So that is yeah. where Simi Fajoko is at now. Um, more roster moves here. Cowboys keep uh, on the initial roster. There there were some tweaks. Obviously, they kept uh, eight offensive linemen. It was uh, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotis, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele, Matt Wiletsko, Awesome Richards, and TJ Bass. They, a procedural move, put Matt go on IR after a day, and they brought back Chuma Idoga, who was released initially. Um, but, man, a lot of inexperience there. you got two rookies uh, for your depth there in Bass and Richards, and then you've got only one guy with veteran presence now in Idoga on the, the, the depth side. It but wasn't
0: all be, that good either, too.
1: I was about yeah. to say, but to be honest, don't we both feel better about Bass and Richards at this point this than is, we do this Edoga? Is,
0: absolutely. This is where I'm going now because – Even if I have a problem at tackle and I want to move Tyler Smith to one of the tackle spots, I kind of feel like, well, I'll move him to the left side and he would be fine because we've seen him play and he was fine. I feel better about T.J. Bass going into a game and playing at guard. I just do. And I feel like it's not going to be pretty or pretty – pretty, I said pretty kind of funny there. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be, you know, pleasing to the eyes. But the way he plays with toughness, the physicality which he plays with, I think is super, super impressive. So to me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If I have to move, I'll move Smith, and then I'll play, I'll play Bass in there at guard. And if I have to play a right tackle, I will clearly, uh, I'll clearly go with uh, with what I have to do with Awesome Richards
1: defensive side of the ball now they keep uh a, a ton of defensive linemen uh, they've got demarcus lawrence dorance armstrong sam williams dante fowler those are your uh four traditional edge rushers defensive tackles or or tweener types here mozzie smith jonathan hankins osa odigizua junior fahoko chauncey golston and neville gallimore gallimore with a late push uh passes uh Quentin Bohanna, who was left off of the roster Gallimore uh, I believe is due a one million dollar player performance bonus now um, from making the 53 on this roster so uh, he really won out because the Cowboys chose to uh, ultimately pay him that bonus now Uh, but Chauncey Golston on the roster as well it's a little bit interesting it it started to develop some some buzz the closer we got to the end of camp but Golston is a guy who I think definitely was not totally secure by the end of camp he I, I think It was more likely than not that he was going to end up here, but it seems like the Cowboys' patience with his development is starting to get tested a little bit.
0: Yeah, and the thing that was surprising to me, though, is, and, okay, Golston, excuse me, Gallimore last year, doghouse, survived, and now, you know, I'm going to say this, Bobby, and and maybe you could prove me right or wrong. I think Sharif Floyd had a big influence on keeping Gallimore on this roster.
1: I could believe that.
0: Yeah, I think that there I was that. I think there was some legitimate sponsorship going on here. I think Sharif Floyd new assistant uh defensive line coach. I'm right about that, right? His first year yep. with yep. the team. I think there's some I think there's some sponsorship going on here with him. And but they've got to figure out what's going on at that three technique behind. And maybe they didn't feel like that Golston was doing it well enough, and yeah. that's why they kept. Because I thought that Gallimore and 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 Bohanna both were gone, and you know they were going to move on. And you know. see, I'm I'm from the school of I don't want anybody impeding any progress that Mozzie Smith might make. I don't. I yeah. don't want. If, I don't want a coach or McCarthy or any. I mean, I don't want any of these people to tell me that, like, oh no, we're playing Gallimore because and you know, and then Mozzie's not getting any work. I don't want to see that. So to me, I'm maybe this is more about him Gallimore playing the three, and maybe it's what you're talking about with Goldston a little bit, and I think there was some sponsorship involved with Sharif Floyd.
1: It's a, it's not a bad theory, I don't think, and uh, I, I mean, look, I could definitely see Gallimore's skill set being one that Cherie Floyd would be a big fan of. Um, the linebacker group now, you know, we all call Micah Parsons a linebacker; he's basically an edge, but we're going to call him a linebacker for this group: Leighton Vander Esch, Damone Clark, Devin Harper. They choose to run just with four linebackers.
0: Those safeties, and that, yeah, it was all those yeah, safeties. That, and how much nickel do you play? How much? Yeah. You know, how much nickel? I mean. We see a lot of two linebacker look for this team, and I kind of felt like that if there was a position that they were going to trade for or, or claim on, I thought offensive line and linebacker did neither, did neither. So they're comfortable with what's going on with uh, you know with Bell playing down, Thomas playing down, Curse playing down, Wilson playing down. You know, they're they're totally okay with that. Totally okay with that.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting, though, is, uh, Jen, we'll go into the practice squad a little bit more later, but, uh, you know, Malik Jefferson's the only practice squad linebacker, and when you consider Parsons as an edge, that means with essentially 70 people in your building at your disposal, you have four linebackers, four true traditional linebackers, and one of them is a a very injury-prone individual in Leighton Vander. It just seems like they've put themselves in a bit of a tight Position if somebody one of those more traditional linebackers happens to get hurt, but that's what they chose to. do Does this also just speak to how low they had gotten on Jabril Cox? That is, they chose to run this thin and just release him.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's it's a shame. You know, it's a shame that that they moved on from. I think again, I, I'm an LSU guy, so I you know I, I hate to see LSU players get released, but you know he he needed to show more you know we always talk about oh he's good in coverage and he's good at doing this and he's sideline to sideline and all that but then you really watch him play and like the run at him you know he struggled with that he struggles to get off blocks you know I I just you know I think that knee injury really affected him as a player we'll see you know he's he's a guy now he's gone to the commanders it's it's worth a you know just a it's worth a, a peek just to kind of keep an eye on a, a player like that him and Isaiah Lamb uh, you know Land excuse me if they you know you keep an eye on those guys because they were part of what you were doing and you had a chance to keep them around but there's nothing that Jabril Cox really did that warrant him being on this football team I, I didn't see it I just didn't see it on a down in down out and he got a lot of chances here you know he got a lot of chances of playing games and stuff like that you know and it seemed like that you know guys like bell and others were showing up a lot more uh than you know than what you were you know harper showing up more so i it's it's a thin group though but they do believe in the amount of that the way they use those safety so i'm sure that's uh that's the route they're gonna go
1: they run with seven corners right out of the gate. It's Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland, Jordan Lewis activated from PUP. They believe he'll be back uh, sometime in the first three game or, or four weeks. Because uh, of course, if you end up on PUP, start practice Yeah, he, he, was I, on the, he was on
0: Yeah, we were at practice today. He was on the. He was on the second nickel playing slot, is what he was doing. So
1: and so after that, behind there, uh, you've obviously got the newly acquired Noah Igbenogany. Uh, Eric Scott Jr. makes the roster. Nashawn Wright was on the initial roster. That was a pup move or or an IR move. He gets placed on IR, and then that's bringing back the long snapper you initially cut, Trent Sieg. So uh, special teamers, Trent Sieg, uh, Brandon Aubrey, uh, and then Brian Anger, of course. And then rounding things out here, the safety group, it's Donovan Wilson, J. Ron Curse, uh, Malik Hooker, Israel McQuamu, Wanye Thomas, and then the hybrid safety linebacker, Marquise Bell so that is your Cowboys roster as it stands right now Um, Brian any uh, before we wrap up here on on just the specifics of the 53 any additional thoughts here that you want to touch on
0: I'll tell you what again we mentioned about uh, the the secondary and you know I I think that Eric Scott's going to be fine but man that poor kid he took a beating and you know uh, when but he was having to cover you know, they're throwing him out there and he's covering, uh, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's, you know, he's he's dealing with the Jacksonville receivers. I mean, everybody, it was like, you know, he was dealing with like these first, you know, these first team wide receivers. And, you know, there was maybe a little confidence problems. Maybe, you know, maybe it was a little too big for him. But, the, you know, there, there's there's enough to work with there. You know, there's times where he was knocking the ball down. He was just fine and and doing things like that. But you know, overall though, they 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 these guys are going to protect their draft. They are absolutely going to protect their draft. You know, and you know that's kind of where uh, you know where they're at. And and uh, you know, even though there might have been some guys that had you know maybe played a little bit better, you know, no, I mean, and I think that I think that you know with Junior Fajoko is the same way. You know, did you see enough from Junior Fajoko to really say, wow, he's a fifty, he's a fifty-three? You know, I think those are. If you want to be honest, the you know who is who is this year's uh, uh, you know defensive tackle, you know like the kid that was from Arkansas that John uh, Ridgeway. Ridgeway, who's the fifty third player, you know, on this team? Because if somebody comes available or they have to make a move, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious who that guy that guy will be, and I don't know. Do they? yeah a doga is you know in your mind who is the 53rd player do you have a do you have a guy of man 50,
1: 53 um, yeah i mean it's always somebody. because they didn't
0: claim anybody you know but you wonder if somebody gets put on waivers that's better than in the next couple of days you know if they could claim a guy who would they put on the street and i'm i'm always interested in players 51 52 and 53 that's my
1: what, immediate inclination is uh brooks and wanye thomas
0: I those, think they those, love those Wanye but. Thomas.
1: I think they do too. But I mean, I also think that they, it's just tough because the corner, the reason why I think it, you're not only talking about protecting your draft with Eric Scott, you're also talking about protecting your investment because they gave up a fifth round pick this year to go get him. So, I mean, yeah. you've already, you, they that's kind of sunk in cost fallacy a little bit. But I mean, it's also early. They knew he was raw. And I think they felt like, hey, there's there's some work that needs to be done here and, and he we're gonna have to spend some time working with him. Yeah. Um, but he's somebody who I, I don't think they want to move on from Eric Scott. So it's it's tough with the corner room. Who do you move on from? Um, because now that you put right on on IR, I would guess fifty got the Hunter Lipke, Lipke, Brooks, Jalen Brooks. I would guess it's it's guys like that, that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, I wonder, I mean, by but- Keeping a guy on like Adoga on right the first week, he's guaranteed, but he doesn't make any money. I mean, he's not, it's not something that would yeah. just wipe you out if you move on from him.
1: Yeah. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.